Chuck Brandian, professional comedian for more than 30 years. And I'm Amanda McKinney, John's daughter for more than 30 years. Our family believes laughing is a learned behavior, and we want to teach you how we do it. So welcome to the kitchen table of the comedian next door. Indeed, welcome to our kitchen table, Carl. We are delighted that you decided to uh, join us today for a brief conversation we have, uh, I have a couple of things that I know for sure that we're going to talk about, but I appear to be in the minority because most of the people at the table don't know what they want to talk about. Isn't that right, Emmy? Emery, uh-huh. do you have something you want to talk about? Yeah. You don't know? Remember how she said she wasn't going to touch the microphone? She apparently wasn't going to go anywhere near the microphone. <laughs> you can put your mouth close to it. Because we can't hear you. Okay, now say... Um, do you know the poem, The Elephant? No. The Elephant Walks? Yeah. Like what? No. The Elephant Walks Like This and Like That. He's very tall, tall and very fat. He has no fingers. But he does have to. And good. Goodness gracious. What a, a what a nose! Why are you whispering? What a nose! What a nose! Well, she was uh, she was chomping at the bit to say something in the microphone, and then once the thing started, all of a sudden she became shy. I have some pretty cute recordings. I probably deleted most of them, but I have some recordings of her and Silas singing uh, "Let It Go," I think, or the ABCs. A, B, C, D, one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a remix right there. Mm-hmm. A, B, C, D, one, two, three. Yep. The alphabet remix. So anyway, this is how, look, Emery, this is how we turn your microphone off. All the way down. So now you can't, now this what, blue one isn't making any noise anymore. Your, yours is not making much noise either. Or I was looking at mine. Never mind. Yours I was wasn't making trouble. any noise because you weren't talking in it. I always get in trouble when I look at the monitor, so I'm going to stop doing that. Okay. Uh, so I have a couple of things that I can mention from uh, the email box if you're interested. Are we Are we going to trust Emmy to sit there, or is she going to... I don't know. Emery, can you be trusted to sit there while I push the sound effect button? Uh, let's do this. Is, is it working? Mail time. That took forever. That took forever. You push the button and then. Well, there's minutes little later. birds. There's birds that tweet before it starts singing, and you never hear the birds. I never do. So. That's one of the things that I'm missing out on in life mm-hmm. is those high register birds during your your mail stinger. Uh, By the way, next week at this time, or roughly at this time, we'll be recording at the FLF conference. We're going to do a live recording of a podcast there. so We'll probably not know what we're going to talk about then either. Well, we we may not, but uh, there's going to be a lot of things that could potentially be... We're going to be all abuzz with enthusiasm and new information and new friends. And so if you're going to be at the FLF conference, you should come and and, uh, hang out with us. You can 
you can come and, and be on our podcast, right? I don't know how it works. I wasn't at the rally, and well, so this will be my first Fight, Laugh, Feast event, so I don't know. I can't make any promises. Well, it, it works just exactly as I'm describing it. We have a, <laughs> we have a moment where we can do some pod, podcasting. They have a gizmo set up there, and you can just go and start recording a podcast and if you're you know in the in the vicinity when we start recording then you should come and sit down and it'll it'll be great well i think you signed up for a slot didn't you i intended to yeah okay so maybe we won't be recording live at the fight left east conference mm -hmm. just kind of depends because i didn't kind of depends on what up. i did yeah it's my intention to do that okay so this was a comment that was underneath one of our videos for the comedian reacts uh -huh. which is me and Tabby right? Uh, looking at stand-up clips or, or movie comedy clips, and then I make commentary about them. Right. And uh, this was the comment, wait, is that the wife? As in, what are we going to do about the tree? <laughs> Dang, no. dude. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is not the wife. I think he was a little, I think he was a little uh, scandalized that I had robbed the cradle. Yeah, well, he should be. There's like a 30-year age difference. She's not Is even the, the oldest child. She's Dang, the third. dude. Yeah. That's just a baby that you married. <laughs> she's, she's like 26 years old. Yeah, and it was, it was just funny because... That bit that I've been that he's talking about the the was has been part of my act for longer than then Tabby she's has been, been alive. alive. Right. Yeah. yeah. You wrote the joke before she was even born. So to answer that question, no, that is not the wife. That is <laughs> that is one of the daughters. Oh my goodness. Um all right, then we got a legitimate email. Oh um, wait. I think I have to push another button for that, <laughs> probably. Hey, you know what? This is all your I've mail. Done that. I keep pushing that one. I must like the color orange. Here, yeah. wait. Give me another one. Let's do this. Jamal! Jamal is here! Woo! All right. Uh, good morning, John and Peaches. Hi. You're always saying how you like getting mail from Carl. Well, here I am. Well, technically, I identify as Carla. 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 Right. Technically, which is P-K-A-R-L-G-H-A. Is that how mm -hmm. you guys spell it? That's how I spell it. I think our social media is handled mostly by Megan and Marla at this point. Marla spells it K-A-R-L-A. So, and who am I to correct the, the social media guru? Um, you are nobody. Yeah. I'm sure you will be thrilled to know that my youngest daughter named her school-issued Chromebook Carl. <laughs> it okay. actually identifies things for us. I can just say, did you plug in Carl at night before she goes to bed? And did you pack Carl before she leaves for school in the mornings? The same daughter recently referenced your new podcast. Her brother and I were having a long, deep intellectual discussion one day, and I sarcastically said, wow, we should have recorded this and posted it. I'm sure lots of people would want to hear what we have to say. And my daughter quipped, welcome to the kitchen table of the idiots next door. <laughs> anyway, I do have a question. 
I have been wondering if the podcast ninja has made a decision about the new vaccine mandate. Oh, I never did get that update, did I? Maybe I'm not allowed to ask under HIPAA rules. Uh, if that's the case, never mind. Yeah, we, she doesn't want to get sued. Uh, I'm just curious what he decided. I'm frustrated with all of the, quote, experts disagreeing with each other. Our whole family thoroughly enjoys the Comedian Next Door podcast. Skews, just because I love you, uh, Momcast, okay. and Wise Fools Bible Study. Just give me a second. I have to kick the five-year-old out of the room. Because now she's... your table privileges. She's throwing pencils into Ow. the center of the table. They get a funny look in their eyes, you know, when they're like, I'm not getting the kind of attention I want. Yeah, I'm going to start behaving in a, such a way that I will get attention but I will then be smacked on the head yeah, and be sent thumped out of the on room. the head as I'm sent from the room for crying out loud. Mission accomplished. Uh, we're sorry we had to miss vacay with the comics, but we had to move our son into his college dorm that weekend. Thank you for challenging us to test everything to make sure it lines up with God's word, Carla. Um, so okay. the HIPAA, you yes. don't know. Well, I think I think it's I think you're legally allowed to ask whatever you want, but I do not have to disclose. If I, and I also think HIPAA only applies to employers, but I know. Is that true? You're allowed to ask? Why can't you ask a question? You know, know. people can always just decline to answer. But anyway, um, I, I thought that I had brought it up in a more recent episode. I thought that I mentioned that he was granted a religious exemption from Mm -hmm. getting the vaccine. And I've had several people ask me for like the verbiage the copy that, of that we that. used because I wrote it. He asked me to write the letter and he made some tweaks before he actually sent it to. Did he did he adjust your opening statement which was the No, hard I don't think core, he hard as nails basically. No, in fact, I told him when he asked me to write it, I was like, "Oh, come on. We both know that I'm going to be way more um aggressive than you want to be." Yeah, I'm going to sound way angrier than you would sound, but he said, "My husband said that's why I want you to write it." Because he was actually uh, wanting your verbal strength and directness to be reflected right. in right. that letter. He was mad. I mean, that was what he said. And he, he, was afra- he was afraid that he would not be adequately able to communicate his anger like right. you would. Right. He was actually actively upset about the whole situation. <laughs> and so he was like, this is a job for my wife. This so, is a job for the peaches. So I wrote it. and to whirl. I said... Um, I started out by saying, to whom it concerns, which, let's be honest, is nobody actually reading this letter right now. Right. Like, that was the opening Be line. honest, you don't care about this. To whom it concerns, and that's nobody who's reading this, currently reading this letter. Because the gist of the whole argument, the whole letter was, I have the firm conviction, the firm religious belief that my body was given to me by my creator and that I'm responsible for the decisions that get made right. regarding and, it. And person reading this letter does not care about my convictions. It doesn't matter if they care life. about it. It doesn't matter how so much you care. They're not concerned. They, right. Your, your job is far outside the reaches of my body. Whatever... Whatever role you think you're playing in the hospital right now that gives you... Oh, I get what you're saying. I, I, I misunderstood your... Not about, not about being concerned in the empathetic sense. Right. I don't really give a crap whether they feel a certain way. In other words, to, it's basically like saying to whoever's business this right. is. <laughs> to whoever is, is in reading. charge of this, of this decision that's about whoever's to be made. Whoever's beeswax right. is on the table... 
dear Nunya. Like that's dear that's Nunya business. Dear Nunya. Yeah. This is not actually something you should be weighing in on at all, but here we go. Right. Here we are. I am, it, it is only because I am because we live in a time now where I have to state the obvious. Right. I'm writing this letter, not right. because I give a care what you what think you think of it. Right. But because you seem to think that what you think matters. So I'm going to address you like this now. And I, I outlined, <laughs> I use several scripture verses about our bodies, you know, with a, our body as a temple. And then also we're held accountable for things that we do with our bodies. It's us. We're on the line here. Like I, I'm not going to be able to stand before God and say, well, my employer made me do it. Like if I consent to whatever it is that you're asking me to do, then I'm the one who's going to be held responsible. Right. And so, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to give up that responsibility to some some committee or some, you know, group, some authoritative um chairperson, you know, at the hospital. That's not how that works. Right. And so I wrote all of that out um and basically summarized it with I my my favorite. My closing line was I'm just writing to inform you that we are exempt from we're not asking for permission right. to be exempt. We're not asking you to approve our exemption. We're just it asking is. you to recognize that it has already been We're approved. We're just letting you know right. that we are exempt. And that disagreeing with my... Hey, just a second. You're interrupting. You no, know, you're interrupting. We'll do reading in a second. <laughs> you're interrupting. That's the seven-year-old, nearly eight-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, Colin. I'm, I said, you know, basically, I trust that you will agree when I say that... that um, disagreeing or arguing with this statement of mine, this deeply held conviction, this religious belief of mine, falls well outside of the jurisdiction of people in a hospital somewhere. Right. Like this is not this is not even close to your territory. This is way above your pay grade. Right. <laughs> right. It's 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 classified information and it is astonishing to me that you even feel like you are uh, warranted right the fact that you're cracking access. open this letter like you have some like you say. have some right to it like yeah. you have some some say in this decision cordially is. and sincerely amanda mckinney amanda mckinney yeah <laughs> that's how it went basically or, or, but you let but he put his name in there he put yeah he signed his name yeah. um and and so then i was pretty sure that we were going to get a favorable outcome but I'm also still very conscious of the fact that if they had wanted to terminate him for literally any reason, for they any could have reason. taken that reason. Right. Um, he's always been a great employee. They had just finished paying to certify him for the job that he had been training for for two years. It was right. going to take a lot of company time and other resources to try to, to replace him. Right. However, However, there are people in like housekeeping and I'm sure in like the cafeteria and other what would you say? Lower status, I guess, employees? Non-essential position. Non-essential, who I know they were flipping through and they don't care what the letter says and they don't care what your religious beliefs nope. are. It's like, oh, well, we can do without this person anyway. And so they're getting the ax and it's disproportionately affecting, hey, people who want to talk about systemic privilege or systemic racism or systemic misogyny. It's disproportionately affecting people who do not have degrees, people who are single, parents, single income, right. um, or people of color or, or, uh, Hispanics who don't have the same, uh, anybody who doesn't have the same grasp on their rights as Americans right. and their ability to 
their ability to, to put together a decent letter. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And it has nothing to do with um, your actual religion, what your religion is. It has everything no. to do with, do they think that they can <laughs> replace you easily? That's it. Yeah. Which is kind of the way things have always worked, hasn't it? Yeah, probably. I mean, there are people that are deemed more crucial to operations than others. And whether or not that that's true of those people, I think there are a lot of people in management positions that you could probably get along just fine without. Oh, um, yeah. But... It doesn't. It, I guess it doesn't really matter. It's that's always been the case that there is, there is a privileged class. Yeah. And but it things is, things are a mess in healthcare right now. Um, there there's a hospital close by down in Indy that, um, <laughs> that is now TikTok famous because somebody recorded a recent like staff meeting where their CEO, the top brass, you know, Grand Poobah chick. Mm. She's a woman. Went like full school marm, shame on you, was lecturing. I sort of saw something about that. I didn't see the video, <laughs> but I saw like a couple of She was screechy lecturing her employees like, I am just very, very disappointed in you, all of you. And you should know better. And if you don't like the money here, then go elsewhere. Like, like yeah. one of those. And it's stress. It, is it possible... I mean, it, a hospital needs a certain number of personnel in order to function, doesn't right, it? Right. I mean, you just can't just you just can't fire everybody because you're mad at them. Right. And they and, have been basically playing a poker game for several months since the pandemic started. It's like, how much can we get away with here, um, with overworking and underappreciating the good people, right. while still trying to like keep or our reputation, still trying to whip those non-vaxxed people into shape well that was recent like literally the deadline for getting your first round of the vaccine in order to hit their cutoff date to be fully vaccinated which i think is in october mm. um what well, it was like two weeks ago or something like that they had to have their first round of vaccine by two weeks ago yeah. so i think the the higher ups you know the leadership team panicked was, they yeah they're big time under stress and luke happens to be in a lot of leadership meetings not with the hospital that was on tiktok but a similar hospital where he, he was like not involved in that. He's listening to them all. Like, how can we basically get compliance? How can we get people to do what we want them to do? They're not doing what we thought they were going to do. We thought that they would, that they would whip into shape when we just threatened them, when we barked at them and told them that we were very disappointed with we them thought, and that they should know better. We thought if there were 15,000 people on a Facebook group trying to band together against mandates, including those who'd been personally vaccinated, they just didn't think that right. it should we be We thought mandated. that they would just buckle in. We thought if we just in. destroyed that Facebook group and blew it off the internet, that would just make everybody super yeah, happy. We thought, we, we, thought if we, we thought if those fired up people just had their Facebook page banned yep. against their will then that would take all the fight out of them lo and behold they're even madder <laughs> we thought if we started deleting their comments off of our portal our company portal we maybe censorship might yeah. might give them a, a pause we thought if we shouted at them in the comment section of our <laughs> portal that that would get them to settle down and then we thought oh wait we'll just like our comp we'll like our own we thought we'll like our own like announcements our company announcements yeah and we'll like our that. own stuff we'll like them to the tune of three times the number of employees we even have in the hospital 
then they'll realize how outnumbered they are. <laughs> and we thought that maybe, we thought that maybe our employees were kind of dumb. Yes. And Luke actually we, took a screenshot of that. We he goes, that look at this. If, if we intimidated them, and of course, we basically thought if we combated their, uh, they were standing against tyranny. They, they were standing against tyrants. And we thought that if we responded with more tyranny to their combat and their protestations of tyranny, right. that maybe that would help. Maybe more right. tyranny would solve the problem for us. Luke, Luke showed me that post where the hospital announced there was going to be mandated vaccines and mm. like immediately, instantly, tons of dislikes, including himself. You know, people like, this is ridiculous. You're treating us like we're disposable. We should still have the same rights as our patients to decline or to, we have to offer consent. You're not getting our consent. Right. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, just blow, it blew up. Within like 12 hours or something like that, the number of dislikes suddenly froze. It just froze. It just stopped. And then the number of people, likes. People decided, you know what? <laughs> I don't dislike this anymore. It's the number of likes skyrocketed to like 50,000 likes. And I just looked it up on the internet. And How do you even do a thing like that? There's 36,000 employees in the entire company. And so, so how how do you do that? Because every time you log on to the portal, you can click like again. Like it doesn't just give you oh, one like Oh, it doesn't like give person. you just one shot. Correct. I see. So they had a Correct. bunch of administrative interns. Correct. Just logging on, <laughs> liking, logging off. Logging on, liking, logging off. It may not have even been a concerted effort. Just like that's the way that they roll. You know, maybe 12 or 13 of them were just like, you know what I'm going to do? Yeah, but, I'm going to get the likes 50,000 likes is a ton of likes. That's that, a lot. That's, yeah. That actually sounds kind of like like bot work to me it's, it's not difficult it's not difficult to set up little uh little bots to do well, all and kinds I'm sure, of stuff i'm sure some of them were legitimate support like i know people in real 50, life Fifty thousand likes is a lot many. yeah not that many that's a ton uh it was just really funny the way that the dislikes just started rolling like, in no one's gonna shh, no one will figure this out and then it just stopped all of a sudden it froze at like ten thousand, which is probably we, the legitimate number we em, we employ a bunch of idiots and they will not <laughs> welcome figure this to the out. hospital of the idiots next door <laughs> <laughs> it's it is uh it is pretty telling when you, you've got administration, when you've got leadership, when you've got any group of, of people that thinks that all we have to do is just be really nasty. I mean, just bare our teeth and threaten people and they will do what well, we want them it, to because do. Because it does work. There is, a, there is a point at which that has been successful for a while. Um, just yesterday, my sister-in-law, Marla, was talking to the other sisters and I from the Just Because I Love You podcast. It wasn't recorded, but we were just talking. Crossover and, reference. And she goes, you know, I'm talking to a person right now because on Instagram, this lady who I usually see eye to eye with posted this post that I thought was great about abortion and about the Texas heartbeat bill. And that's probably a bunch of yeah. news that Carl's already familiar with, I assume. Well, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Well, great. Here's a segue we weren't planning um, but she was like, you know, my friend, this lady that I follow was posting in support of it. And, and mm. I supported her post of about it. And then like a few hours later, I went to look at it again and it was gone. Right. And she had posted something else in its place. 
somebody brought to my attention that this seemed a little harsh and I wasn't being considerate of this or that person. And so I got a bunch of private messages from people who were offended and that was not my intention. And, um, and so she took it uh, down. <laughs> there you go. Uh, That's kind of how Marla felt, I think. Listen, my, my advice to Marla, because Marla was feeling like that. She was like, oh, we have to stop retreating. We have to stop, you know, giving up ground. And, and It's better to say nothing in the first place if you're going to wimp out and back down because you've made some people uncomfortable. Okay, but that's but here's what you're doing, though. You're getting frustrated. Don't you dare tell me what I'm doing. You're getting frustrated and you're growling at this lady who has already demonstrated that it is very easy to manipulate her by just being mad at her. I'm not growling at her. I'm, well, I'm, I'm growling at, but, uh, but it, it, why wouldn't that work? You know, what? if other people growl at her and she right. changes her mind, why won't she change her no, mind no, back if will. I growl at her? She will. It will work. That's my point. The thing okay. I'm trying to say is that it does make a difference for some people. And what I wanted Marla to think about was we don't want to be emotionally manipulative the way that the pro-abortion people are emotionally manipulative. We want to give this lady the benefit of the doubt that the Holy Spirit is working in her life. And if she feels like she needs to apologize for such and such and so and so, whatever she said, then let her do that. But also then point out to her that this will happen again and again and again. And it does not matter how kind or careful or considerate you are. Eventually, people are going to get mad enough to ask you to take down every single thing you have to say about abortion because it's the subject itself that they don't like and not the way that you're saying it. And so if you plant that seed in her mind, she will think of you again the next time it happens. She'll be like, oh yeah, Marla or the peaches told me this was going to happen. I mm. recognize this. And so you can you can help them think about it for themselves and notice that pattern for themselves instead of scaring them out of posting in the future or out of deleting their post in the future, whatever it is, because you growled at them and, and made them upset or let them know you were upset. Okay. <laughs> Does that I make sense? Am, I apologize for growling at you. <laughs> lady, I don't lady, know. Lady, I don't know. And I don't even know who it is. <laughs> I apologize, lady who's not even listening. I couldn't even give you her name reaction. if I wanted to. But my to. reaction was it, was, it was a sincere and honest reaction. And it was off the top of, it's my knee-jerk reaction. Right. When, whenever, whenever somebody posts a thing that is true, and rather than stand behind that thing, they let somebody blow them off of the out right. of the conversation. It just frustrates me because it's so contrary to the way I operate. Right. But you asked, does that work? And the answer is yes. Yelling at somebody, being the CEO of a hospital and just being like, I am so ashamed of you guys. Yeah, that does actually have an effect on some on employees. some people. It doesn't work on me. No, me because neither. Because my first question is, what did I do that you are ashamed of? Right. And if you can draw, if you can connect those dots for me so that I see what your shame is based on, then maybe we'll have a a place to go. Usually, just the, the people fact that you're having on, feelings about things, I don't care. Usually, the people it works on are the exact same people who try that tactic. Like if a woman says, "I am so disappointed," and you should be disappointed too, she's trying something that has worked on herself in the past. Right. So, for example, I had a lady the other day who is a former teacher of mine who told me that I 
present that went whatever my comment was. I had made a comment to her, and she said, "Oh, Amanda, those are fighting words to a mother." Right. Those are fighting words. She says to me, and I'm like in my head going, "Okay, I am a mother." So no, this I know that you think that this is your mother instinct, you know, cropping up, but I'm a mother too, and, and I don't necessarily I don't sense fight the, with the people need to who do say the, this. to do combat right. with this. Right. right. But but I I immediately knew. Oh, she's trying to. She's trying to intimidate me because that would be intimidating if somebody said it to her. Right. So yeah. it does work. It some, does. It does people. work. I know it does. But and, and I also agree with you that my uh, it would be a sin for me to use my powers to manipulate people. Yeah. <laughs> would it? It would. No. It would because I have. Uh, when it comes to communication and expression and using words and uh, ex- and putting out sentiments, I have I have an abundance of ability. What am I hearing? Can you hear that? Yes, but I, I can't make out what it is. It's Colin singing is, at the top of his lungs. It's Just some sort of. It sounds because I'm listening through these aerial headphones, and it sounds to me. I can tell that there's somebody warbling something in the background. She's left the room now. But it sounds like sort of a tribal ritual taking place upstairs. Like, in, in my mind, I was picturing a cauldron with a fire <laughs> underneath it, and the kids... He's uh, not upstairs, though. He's literally putting, right there. Yeah. He's okay. right over there, and he's going, la, 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 la. <laughs> and then I said, Colin, all he said was his name, and he goes, I'm singing. And then Nick <laughs> gave me this big grin, and I said, okay. We're just, we're trying to podcast, so He knows that, though. Yeah, he knew. He knows That's that. why he was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. I, I think that the, the uh, intimidation factor, and this kind of goes along with the, uh, the mandate that Rick Warren issued. Did you see that video that is kind of making the rounds again? Which no. Rick Warren and a couple of other pastors talking about. And, and the question is super loaded. And he basically asks, what do you say to these these Christian people who say that the virus is just a big conspiracy and, and uh, you know, taking the vaccine and wearing masks is is an infringement on rights? And they're mm-hmm. asking Rick Warren. And this came out back in March, and so it's a little older and it's a little dated. But but his response has become kind of the, the mantra for COVID in the right. Christian church. And that is that you love your neighbor by wearing a mask. And that's essentially what he said. He goes, right now, the most effective way to love your neighbor is to wear a mask. And, and that statement has become, it, it's just chiseled in granite. I mean, you don't even, there are people who don't even question it. They just accept it as gospel. Well, of course, if you love your neighbor, you put on a mask. And the, uh, the problem with that is that it's coming from somebody who is a recognized leader. And when you, when you have a, a status that uh, a lot of people recognize you as an authority in a particular area, like, for example, loving your neighbor, it's like, well, this is a guy who's got a... He, he's written a bunch of books. I, I don't have a problem with him using his authority to make statements about like loving your neighbor and what that actually physically would look like. I just wonder my only thing in all of this has been, okay, is that person just as clear and definite and forceful when it comes to the issue of you cannot be a Christian and not love your unborn neighbor 
Like you cannot be a Christian and support abortion. Well, no. What they would say is that those are two different subjects. Right. And that's my point. Like if they're going to try to compartmentalize and say that the masks are obvious, masks are clear cut, masks are things that we can take a firm stand on, but abortion is complicated. That's when I just dismiss everything else they have to say. Right. Well, I think we're saying the same thing that when you, when you make your particular uh, hobby horse, the 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 test of, uh, of uh, not fellowship but the test of um, scriptural uh, accuracy. In other words, l- loving your. I, I would go so far as to say that even saying, um, if you put any sort of specifics on what it means to love your neighbor, then you are in danger of being something of a Pharisee. Because that's what the Pharisees did. The Pharisees would say, oh, you're only supposed to allow, you can only walk so many feet, or you can only do, you can only eat this thing, or you can only, and then those those uh, rules that they kept adding to and heaping on people were, um, that was what it meant to be a, a, a follower of God. But that's not what it meant. And, and loving your neighbor is the second part of the command that Jesus gave. The first part was you're supposed to love God. And if you if you skip over that and you say things like, you know, regardless of how you feel about God, loving your neighbor means putting on a mask. Well, you've already gotten things out of order because the first thing you're supposed to do is love God. And what does that mean? Well, it means obeying his, his rules. And it means, uh, among other things, putting yourself second unto your neighbor even if your neighbor isn't wearing a mask. Right, right. But I I think that we live in a culture that does not know how to take principles and apply things for themselves. They don't know how to take general commandments and then think about them and say, okay, so what does that mean for me? Correct. So I don't have a problem with people recognizing the spiritual immaturity of the babies in front of them and saying, here's what it means. This is how it applies. The problem is when the people who are setting themselves up as authorities mm-hmm. are not applying consistently. That's when they're leading babies astray. I don't have a problem with them saying, here are some here are some tactics or I guess techniques that you can use in your own life to apply loving your neighbor. Here's Correct. how you should do it. But but okay, but you would never say that. Yes, I would. I would you say would, you, you can would say, you no, 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 have no, no, no. To, I don't I don't mean math. I, I mean specifically, you would never say loving your neighbor means putting on a mask. If you don't put on a mask, you're not loving your neighbor. Right, but you I would never say that. Right, because I don't think that that's true. It's not because of Right, but that's what they're saying. I Correct. What I'm saying is that there that I don't have a problem with people saying you shouldn't take this many steps. Or you should not set foot in a strip club. You know, you should not, under any circumstances, send your children to public school. I, I would say that. You don't have, I don't have a problem saying that to people at this point because I have reasons for it. I can back it up. The problem is they're right. not being consistent because they're taking a hardline stance on something that's small and they're taking a very liberal approach on something like murder. That's where they're straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. Yeah, that was the I, problem I still with the think Pharisees. We're talk, I, I still think that we. If they had strained out agreed, all the gnats and the camels, to make the mask, that'd that, be fine. To make that—that that was kind of what I wrote about um, yesterday. I said that to make the mask this this equivalent of 
of loving your neighbor, to, to put your mask on is the equivalent of loving your neighbor, is going too far. I think it's, that it's if making, they are convicted about that, then it is my job as a, as a Christian to, to make way for the weaker brother. I think that if they are genuinely convicted about that, we have to let them do it. What we can't do is let them... We have them, to let them wear it, or, or do you have to wear a mask because they're convicted? I have to wear a mask when I'm in their presence for their sake. For the sake of the weaker brother. Uh-huh. But what I don't have to do is listen to another word they say. If on the flip side of that, the Pharisee himself is out sleeping with somebody else's wife. You know, or if the Pharisee is out there saying that it's not my place to judge the abortive woman. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, the principle here must be different that's than what you say. your phone that's making all that noise, not mine. It's yours too, because it's in a thread that Luke is in with both of us. Yeah, but mine is not, mine is on silent. It's buzzing. On the table. Yeah, but I'm, I'm going to excuse that. I can hear it. I'm going to excuse that and, and call out yours. So that's, that is my point. So your problem is the inconsistency. Correct. My, pro- my problem is I don't believe him. I don't think Rick Warren even really believes that masks are well, living his neighbor. Also the I think context, he's a liar. The context <laughs> in which, correct, but the context on which all of these conversations are taking place. There was another guy on MSNBC recently, and uh, A.D. Robles, shout out to A.D., he's on the network, was talking about, and now I can't think of the guy's name, uh, doesn't matter. Basically, he went on MSNBC to talk about why he got the vaccine. As mm-hmm. a Christian and as a pastor, why he got the vaccine. Okay. And the only reason they had him on there was because he was going to say exactly what he was supposed to say. Which, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is these are the same hypocritical jerks who would have a problem with me you going You have on a problem with hypocrisy. And saying, I, right, that's what I'm saying. Right. I don't have a problem with going on national TV and saying, here's how I made my decision, here's why. But if they're telling me to shut up when I tell them the reason that I make the decision to homeschool, and they're saying, well, that's being, that's being judgmental, and you're making people feel bad, and you've got this pharisaical approach to life, and you're judging right, but that, people. That's like, how it works. No, it does. That's always what happens. If they're going to say, this is my choice that I've made for my life, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a different approach. If I stand up on national television and I say, no, not only is this the choice I've made, but I also believe absolutely everybody else is bound by the same one, like I do when it comes to not killing your babies, for example, then that's, that's elevated. That's taking it up a notch. And I do think there's a place for that. I think that there is a time and a place for telling people very clearly this is a universal, absolute, it's a universal truth. I think there are cultures where um, it would be wrong not to wear a mask, for example. I think that there are times where the only reason for not wearing a mask are completely selfish and um, and misguided and wrong. It's exactly like I said at the beginning of this pandemic when I was comparing it to the women who don't like to breastfeed under a cover. Right. And they they literally wave their freedoms, both of them, in front of ev- in front of everyone, <laughs> just because they can. Both of their freedoms jiggling out in public. Just because they can, knowing full well that it's provocative, just for the attention. And there's nothing in the Bible that says they can't. But, right, but they're not right, loving right, their neighbors right, right, because right, they're right. just being... Well, we, I would agree with that. Yeah. And we have talked before about how the, the attitude of your heart matters right. more than the, the physical thing Correct. that you're doing. But it would be better to always wear a mask, to err on the side of caution, than to go with an unmasked face into hell. That's what I think the principle is. Well, it would be better to cut off your hands and to cut off your feet 
and to go extreme, to go to the extreme than to um, throw out the the baby with the bathwater because you're just you don't want to be a Pharisee, and so you go to the other side of things. Right, but I had a I had a conversation with a with another guy this week, um, and Romans thirteen came up again. Gee, I'm shocked. Isn't that shocking? But this guy, and and he's a friend, and he's genuinely, he, you know, he wasn't trying to be argumentative, but he was telling me about a podcast that he listened to, and he said that he would like, you know, I think that you would, as I was listening to it, and he w- he was reading through Romans 13 and explaining to me what this guy was saying, and I, of course, knew all about it. Basically, Romans 13 says, you do whatever the the local authority says because that authority has been placed there by God. And mm-hmm. that was what this guy told me. And I said, so his position was that whatever the local authority says, you follow it. And he says, yes, because that's what Romans 13 says. And I said, okay, but what about Romans 13 that says that um, men can, when the local authority says that men can get pregnant, you know, is that the end of the story? Do we, is it now, do we, do we not even argue with them? Um, what about when the local authority says that women can kill their children before they're born? Is, it, is Romans 13 now telling us, you Christians, be quiet. If the local authority says that you can kill babies, then you can kill babies. And God put them there for that reason. And he goes, see, this is why I would like you to call in and talk to him. And I said... <laughs> I said it wouldn't do any good because those people are not interested in having a conversation with people like me. They're <laughs> right. interested in just express. They're just interested in yelling at people like me and telling me that I'm not being faithful to the scripture because I am um, standing opposed to, you know, the local authority. And then I said to this guy, and you and I have had this conversation so many times, but it it, it struck me that. No matter how many times we have this conversation, there are still people out there who haven't heard these ideas before. Right. And I said, I said, you know, if you just flip back into the book of Acts, the guy who wrote the book of Romans, which I think was written in prison, um, was in the book of Acts over and over and over again. He was flogged. He was beaten. He was, uh, which is the same thing as flogged. He was put in prison. He was stoned. He suffered in almost every chapter for doing what? For violating the rules of the local authority. The local authority straightforward said, stop preaching Christ. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. So in defiance of the local authority, he was, he was constantly being abused. And so you can't just... You can't just simply read Romans 13 where it says, all authority is placed there by God and you are to subject yourself to it and, and go, okay, well, that's it. That's, all, that's the end of the story. It's because there is other context that you have to deal with in order to, to live your life as a Christian person. Right. Well, and again, I think this goes back to, there's an old argument about whether it's actually immoral to evangelize or to go and teach the pagans or teach specifically the tribes that have never heard of Jesus before. Because, do you know why? Do you know where I'm going with this? Because if they don't know, then they're they not held accountable. Yep. They don't, they don't know what they don't know. And so right. why would you... You know, why would you bother them? They're doing according to what their conscience believes is correct. Right. Well, the scripture suggests that there is something to that. I know. 
And that's my point with trying to talk people out of wearing masks or if they're just convicted in their own life, what that this is what they need to do. They're not going to rock the boat. They're not going to challenge the local authority or whatever. I don't necessarily have a problem with that individual. It's only when they turn around and start wagging their finger at me for not joining them in those decisions that it starts to become a problem. So I, I'm not, I don't feel the need to try to basically blunt the conscience or, or to change the conscience of a person who feels strongly convicted about one thing or another. Just like I've never felt the need to talk them out of um, not going to the movie theater or not playing cards or not drinking or whatever. It's right. like, okay, don't do those things then. That's great. I don't know why when it comes to masks, everybody... Actually, I think I do know why. I think when it comes to masks, the reason that everybody keeps keeps hammering it and keeps hammering it and they're so desperate to have everybody... You mean wearing masks or not wearing Either. When it comes to masks in general, people on both sides, no matter mm. how they claim to be convicted, they need everybody else to agree with them. Right. And I think it's because they're not as convicted as they say they are. You think it's fear? Yeah. You I think, think people are, are posturing and they keep pretending like they're more firm in their beliefs than they really are. And so when somebody disagrees, it freaks them out. And so then they have to get louder. That's mm. what I think is happening. Well, I, I can't argue with that. I, I'm good. Cause if you argued, it would prove you were afraid. It would have proved that I was afraid. Right. And I knew that it's a and little so bit of a cop trap. That's why I, that's why I was so quick <laughs> to say, well, it's I can't argue the white with that fragility because I didn't want to, I didn't want to appear weak. Yes. So see how powerful that is. Uh huh. It's pretty, pretty massively powerful. It, the we're over time, by the way. Uh, well, the fact is that that many of our rules are they are cultural, and that makes uh, some people uncomfortable when you start to talk about well, you know, this is a cultural rule and that's a cultural rule. And the fact is that most rules are cultural. Right. And right. Uh, the rule that you need to cover up your uh, girls when you're nursing is really Western. And people yeah. bring that up all the time. Well, in African cultures, they never go, they never wear shirts. And I'm like, right, that's the African culture. Right. And part of the reason that 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 makes people uncomfortable is because we like to be able to flip open the Bible and yep. have it just say, do this and don't do that. Right. And it would be great if it did, but there's not very many times when it does. I mean, it basically says you shouldn't lie and shouldn't take stuff that doesn't belong to you, and you shouldn't uh, you shouldn't abuse people, and you should basically try to to be just and uh, and righteous. But that's it. The rest of the rules are are cultural, and and they don't always operate in the same way, in the same place, with the same people, and. So, we didn't talk about the Texas heartbeat bill, but we didn't talk seriously, about we've got like 30 bill. seconds left on our yeah, team. That's so not enough time. We gotta, we gotta go. We, we gotta go. The peaches isn't going to let me go any over. I, if it was up to me, Carl, I'd stay here for a few more minutes and chat <laughs> okay. with you, but peaches won't let me. So we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for visiting today, Carl. Join the Comedians family at the Fight, Laugh, Feast conference this September. More details at flfnetwork.com. We can't wait to meet all our new neighbors.